Please join me in welcoming Catherine Wilde to Mystical Sisterhood this week. This is your host, Maureen Spielman, and I sit down with the best-selling author of Reclaiming Your Inner Sparkle to talk about how moms can best care for themselves. It's a new generation where we're learning to put self-care or soul care into place within our lives because we know when we don't make time for the precious commodity that is ourselves, that we really suffer and we don't bring our best selves to the table or feel aligned with how we're really meant to feel. So uh, join us in this great conversation today and let me know what you think. It was a pleasure to sit down with Catherine and learn more about her business and how she supports overwhelmed moms. Thanks for being here and I'll see you in the episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And today I'm sitting down with Catherine Wild of Soul Care Mom. And Catherine and I were lucky enough to meet, I'd say a year and a half ago when her name started coming across my radar through our shared teacher, Susie Lula. And um, I know that Susie had you on her radar because of the name of what you were doing, Soul Care Mom, but the beauty of your work too. And so I think the reason I love having you here, one of them today, Catherine, is because self-care or soul care or whatever we call it, um, whatever resonates with people to name it is so utterly important in our journey as mothers and as women. I know your target audience is mothers who may be overwhelmed, overworked, in the weeds, frustrated, whatever it is, we can kind of talk about some of those things, but the work is so essential and there's so many mothers out there that don't have a lifeline when they're beginning and they had no roadmap as to what the, what life would look like after children. And Mm -hmm. so I consider your work to be just um, so needed in the world. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here and chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm so curious about the origins of your work and how you first stepped into it or how you first had the idea to develop um, what you were seeing into your career. Yeah. So I, you know, I have three girls, we homeschool and um, like you were saying, like, I didn't have that lifeline when I started and I didn't, I didn't fully understand what it was going to be like, you know, the experience of being a mom. So looking, you know, I looked forward to it so much. And, but the, 
the doing it alone and the stress and the overwhelm and all of the sleeplessness, all of those things, like those hit me really hard. Um, and I, you know, I get it. Like as a mom, we do so many things and so many things are asked of us. Um, and we just want to be, you know, playful and present with our kids. And when we're running on empty, it's really hard to do that. And so for so long, I felt this deep, like sense of despair. Like I was convinced that I wasn't measuring up as a mom. You know, it seemed like every tantrum or each time I felt short-tempered or all those tear-filled moments, they were pointing to this conclusion that I was defective as a mom, you know? And so I believe that somehow I was just ill-equipped for motherhood and I felt really ashamed around that. And it looked like everyone else, like all these other moms were just handling it flawlessly. Um, so that was so hard. And, but I did start to notice something. I noticed that each time I did something kind for myself, no, no matter how small it was, and I took care of my needs in some way, I felt better. And so, yeah. So as I started to like, look for these little pockets and these little places in my day where I could do something nice for myself, um, things changed. And you, like you were saying, like self-care is, it's this term that we hear often, um, but it's true importance kind of gets lost amidst, you know, mom life, the responsibilities, all the things. And I had convinced myself that taking time for myself was a luxury that I couldn't afford. I didn't have time for it. It was selfish, but I slowly started to realize that by neglecting myself, I was unintentionally depleting the very, you know, reservoir of energy and patience and love that I needed to be the mom that I wanted to be. And it wasn't an instant transformation but it gave me this glimmer of hope. So I decided, you know, to embrace um, self-care, lean on, you know, friends and families and other moms for support. I started carving out moments for self-care, like meditating, reading, um, you know, just enjoying a cup of tea, pausing, breathing, uh, reconnecting with myself in any little way. And as I focused on my needs, I found that I was better able to meet my children's needs, you know? And I discovered that prioritizing myself help me to give more generously to those around me without feeling depleted. I could be more patient and present and loving um, and not despite my self-care, but because of it, you know, and so that love and support and self-care that I received from the people around me didn't diminish me as a mother, you know, it enhanced everything. And my journey led me to help other moms to reconnect with themselves, to fill their cups so they can really enjoy, you know, this precious time that we have with our kids. Oh yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of it. You know, it reminds me too, or I, the question that comes to me is this idea of what your needs are. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you feel like motherhood allowed you to almost define what your needs were better than even before having had kids? Uh, because that whole area of what am I, what am I needing right now? can be very gray and really hard to pinpoint as to what will sort of nourish us at more of a soul level. And I think that that's a, we can also call it self-care, but it is soul care because it's nourishing at that soul level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, becoming a mom, like you, you're kind of forced into it. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no way out really. You know, you're right. in it. It's kind of like when you, I, I haven't done this myself, but you know, when people go on, um, 
go abroad to, to learn a new language. They immerse themselves in the language. You have to learn it. Like you're thrown into this thing. And if you don't learn it, you're not going to like know where to get food, you know? So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think motherhood is a lot like that. You kind of get thrown into this and it wakes you up in so many ways and you start to realize, oh, okay, like this is what I need. And, um, and I think like, you know, as children, I, as babies, you know, we start coming into the world, like knowing, like, I need, you know, what you need and you're really connected to who you are. Um, and then, you know, slowly we get told like, okay, this is more important than that, or that, you know, this is what you should be doing. And so we start to get disconnected from yeah. what it is where, what we actually need. And we know, we know deep within us. So if you feel like, you know, lost in that, oh, know yeah. that this process and journey of, of really reconnecting with yourself, which is what soul care is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me too of, um, maybe the roles that maybe we saw growing up or the word martyr just came to me and just this idea that we have to be all things to all people. And a lot of us grew up with that, like needing to be the mother that was emotionally present, had like the meals on the table, like had to have everything together. And that's kind of a really unrealistic expectation, but one we put on ourselves and add to that. If you are a mother juggling a full-time job, Mm -hmm. then, and I mean, either way, stay at home or out in the field, whatever it is, bringing humans into this earth, it's, it's just, it exponentializes how much we're caring for. So back to your point that because of that, it makes perfect sense that we would need to care for ourselves in an up-leveled way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. So we're so blessed in so many ways. Like we have the opportunity to work outside the home or to start our own business and to have the family and, you know, yeah, it's almost not set up for us to be in our feminine in that world where we're just doing all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we were talking about the feminine before we got started, but yeah, it's really this softening into yourself and allowing yourself to be more in those moments, you know, to, to really connect with yourself, with your kids. And, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm on a journey of, of just paying more attention to, even as a woman, like your cycles and things like that affect what times of month that you have more energy to like be more in your masculine, taking that action, you know, versus, slowing down and, um, really connecting and yeah, just being it's yeah. So I think that what I just am putting together about your work too, is, um, this idea of supporting women on their journey for deep self-care and deep self-connection. And then you've got that community piece. And I think about the community piece a lot because, even what you were talking about when you entered motherhood and then you've had these, this experience of putting so much on yourself that you weren't good enough. And that I always think about how we can be going through similar journeys as the woman next to us, yet it can be a really lonely journey. And so we know we're not alone, but we feel very alone. And that idea that if we can be in conversation with people within our, you know, whatever that group is for us um, and, and be in vulnerable conversations, that's where healing can happen. Um, When moms come to you, is there sort of like 
uh, profilers at different stages of um, their experiences of what they're experiencing through motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying that it's really so similar, you know, we have like our kids are different personalities and like different ages and, you know, um, we have, you know, different, yeah, just family dynamics, but really we're all going through something so similar, you know, we all feel so alone in it and there's not often a safe space to share with others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the realness of sometimes what it looks like you know, I can have this intention that I want to have a really harmonious home, but then have these moments where things are just falling apart or I'm depleted and I lose my temper or whatever it is. And we're on like you and I are, we always have that conversation about not only soul care, but like this whole thing that I call conscious parenting, but we have the w- these ways that we want to be. And we have to realize that when we're going through it, we're healing um, patterns of the way we were brought up. So I'm saying that because I was brought up definitely more disciplinary kind of seen and not heard. So like if I'm coming to a child or I I think of myself when my kids were little and they wanted to have a voice, I had conflict within me because it's like, I wanted them to have that voice yet. I wasn't given that voice. And so how do I foster them having that voice in the absence of never having been modeled that? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely so true. Like we're, we're on this, like we're, but you know, our children are growing and we can see them, you know, getting bigger and learning things and, but we're growing right along with them. And we're, we're becoming aware of the patterns that we have and whether or not we want to keep them, you know, mm-hmm. um, if we want to show up differently. And that's so empowering to know, I think, even when it comes to your self-care and your beliefs around what self-care is or whether or not you're worthy of it, um, mm-hmm. d- deciding to, you know, like shine a light on that and see like, oh, is this how I want to keep going? Is this helping me? And that mm-hmm. can create such a powerful shift, just that awareness and then being intentional about, you know, that's not what I want for my life. I really want to thrive and have this overflowing cup. So I have so much to give, you know? Yeah. I like that because it reminds me of just this idea of limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs we have about, um, not only our time and, and that's real too, but like time or what our models were around any kind of self care. And then, um, the models time. Oh, I'm forgetting the third one I was going to say, but just like, what are the limiting beliefs you sometimes see young moms or moms coming in with about self-care or soul care? Oh my gosh. Time is a huge one. And it's Mm -hmm. definitely still a journey. I am on just re um, shifting my relationship with time. You know, Uh, we, I recently rewatched one of the new wonder woman movies and um and so Wonder Woman, like, you know, she lives in this other realm or something, right? And so um, she sees a watch for the first time and she asks, like, she's like, what, you know, what is that? And and then he explains, like, okay, this is what a watch is. This is what, you know, time is. And, um, and she's like, okay, so you allow that small thing to tell you what to do, to dictate your life. <laughs> and it's this thing that we created, right? It's, it's, so it's something to pay attention to and get curious mm-hmm. about, like, what is your relationship with time and time, you know, isn't this thing that's good or bad. It's just neutral. And we get to decide what we mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we can experience time differently based on, you know, 
our level of presence and connection in the moment with ourselves. Um, and you can probably think of like, you know, a time when you felt like a minute felt excruciatingly long and yeah. another time when an hour or a day just, mm-hmm. fly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. So it's just really this, you know, perception and this relationship that we have with it. Yeah. So allowing yourself to play with the idea of time, your relationship with it, noticing, um, and noticing what's different within you when time appears to flow differently, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just the idea of past and future, their concepts in our mind, you know, as humans, we have, we use the concept of time to understand our experience. We use it to be yeah. able to explain things or meet up with someone like we're meeting here at this yeah. certain time, right? So it's helpful. Um, but truly we only have this moment, the present moment and our experience with this moment. Yeah. Um, it yeah. makes me, that's a, that's a good background. I want to talk more about that. And it, it makes me think of how I often think about how we have all these things in our society and culture to measure us and time can definitely be one of them. You know, there can be a scale for our weight. There can be test scores for kids, but also this time and, um, and this idea of not doing enough in a certain amount of time, not getting enough done in a day, not accomplishing this much in a week. Is that sort of like another area that you see sometimes people coming in with like, I've got to do, 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 do. I can already tell that you work on shifts in the way we view things um, and for your clients too, but just this idea of um, measuring our worth by what we get done. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's still something I work on too. You know, at the end of the day, if I didn't get done the things that I set out to do, I have to like notice what I'm telling myself about that and be really Mm -hmm. gentle and have compassion. And I think because we do live in a, a society that it does value, you know, how much we do and how much we get done. And we were talking about masculine and feminine, that's, it's a very masculine, like Mm -hmm. culture that we live in. So, Mm -hmm. um, becoming aware of that and, and noticing, you know, where you can step more into your feminine and just bringing in that level of compassion, because it really isn't, you know, our worth is inherent, right? Like we're born absolutely worthy. And so not, not letting any of that take or let you feel like it's taking away from your worth because it can't, and it doesn't. Um, so yeah, just, and another thing too, is when, you know, when we feel like we have all of these things to do, it seems super counterintuitive, but when we slow down enough to really, um, be with ourselves, be with our feelings and, and allow ourselves to experience that. And then from this state of connectedness, step into what we want to do, um, things flow so much better, you know, or even if you stop to do something creative, it feels like you're never, you know, I should have started this task yesterday. I'm never going to get it done, but that pause and that connection, um, really helps you to step into flow and then things get done that you didn't even think you could get done that day. You know, that sort of thing, um, can happen are connected. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing too, that giving yourself permission to sort of rewrite the ways that we've learned, whether Mm -hmm. they were from family of origin, whether they're from more of a, a masculine or patriarchal, like outer conditioning that it's, this is sometimes how I see it is that it's a rewriting 
and mm-hmm. saying like, how do I want it to look and how do I want it to feel? And mm-hmm. that's sort of what I, I'm hearing you say, which I think is super powerful for anybody going on a life's journey, a parenting journey, whatever it is, is that if you're also aware of the parts that don't feel good, that there are things to change within your outer environment and, you know, ways to work on your inner environment that can create more peace within you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, We're creating these new like grooves, right? Like it feels, you know, a lot of moms struggle with being short-tempered with their kids or yelling with their kids and, um, and, you know, they know they want to change. Like we, none of us want to really, you know, we want to be connected with our kids. And so um, it feels so terrible to, to yell. And even while you're yelling, you know, like, oh, this isn't how I want to do it. And I'm still doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's this, the work that you do outside of those moments of yelling is mm-hmm. what helps you to create those new grooves, right? Like, um, you know, if you think of like a hilltop and there's a, a, a dried out riverbed, right? Um, if it rains, like that's where the water is going to easily flow down. And so what we're doing is we're creating our, our new path, our intentional um, path down the, the hill. And so it takes, it takes time and it takes lots of, you know, compassion and grace. And yeah, yeah. I want to talk about how to create that, how someone would create that in their life. So starting with sometimes when we have those moments that are more escalated or heated, are there ways that you kind of guide someone through coming to themselves after those things happen? Because we can have a tendency to be so hard on ourselves. So are there words or language or ways you come to yourself when you've had a hard moment? Yeah. So, you know, Susie Lula, one of our, our beautiful teachers like that, just that compassion for yourself and saying to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, wow, that was a hard moment. And it's so understandable that, that you're feeling this way, right. And not um, trying to push away that feeling because I think it, it's really easy to do. Like, you know, we, we aren't really taught to be with our feelings and, you know, when that shame comes up, we just want to like bury it, you know, we go find a snack or turn on a screen or whatever it is. Um, but, but saying like, that's okay. Like I see you and it's okay that you felt that way, you know, um, and then once you're with the emotion, it's really beautiful to be able to look at your thoughts. So, you know, whatever the situation was, what was it that, um, because our thoughts and our emotions are very closely linked, you know? And so what was the thought that was telling you that, you know, what was it that you were telling yourself in that moment that really um, triggered you? And so when you become aware of the thought, then you can go back and say like, okay, if I'm telling myself that my child is being defiant when they refuse to sit down at the dinner table. Is that helping me to connect with my child? And then if it's not, you know, you can create that shift because you do get to decide your thoughts, you know? Um, And so much of what we tell ourselves is on repeat every day. And so this work is, is really hard because it it, it takes a lot of like slowing down and pausing and seeing what's going on underneath Mm -hmm. the surface. Um, but then you could say like, okay, you know, my child isn't really against me in this moment. They must just be having a really big feeling, or maybe they're not feeling connected to me, you know, and that connection piece really helps when we're trying to ask our kids to do something, you know? So, um, so finding a thought that feels better in your body and then allowing that to be, you know, 
practicing that thought going forward is, yeah. is so helpful in changing the way you show up. Yeah. I think that I like your example too, of the dinner table, because even when we have a thought like that, like my child's being X, so often it's not even our thought. It's something that was handed down to us. So yes. you're talking about awareness and ways to come to yourself compassionately, which I think is really um, this idea that I, I I never knew, I'll speak for myself. I never knew that there could be something free, <laughs> accessible in the moment and useful to have this way of coming to myself. You know, I, I always used to think that any sort of soothing you named, like going to get a snack, or I, I think I would literally like leave the room and that's all, that's also a good technique, right? Like giving yourself th those moments, like your own timeout, your own pause. That's absolutely, but I didn't have like compassionate language and, and it, that's a really abstract thing. I feel like when we first say that, and this can go for anyone listening anywhere, right? Uh, like it could be that you lost it like with a work colleague, but these ways of coming back to ourselves, which, which are sort of remothering and reparenting, maybe ways of softness that we didn't get when we were young and they can serve because I used to think like, how, how could that be helpful? Like seriously, mm -hmm. but it's the willingness and the, just to practice, just, just try it. And how I see it, and you can tell me how you see it, but I see it as I always looked for someone else to witness and see me, but it's super powerful to witness my own experience because at a soul level, I think, or maybe on the human level, I should say someone's witnessing me and it's me, but it's incredibly soothing and it's like a, a medicine balm. And mm -hmm. it makes it I, to me, I used to think like, what? And so do your clients, like, are they sometimes like, what? Because yeah. when I bring up compassion with people, I kind of get that response at first, but what's your experience oh, of that? I love that. I love that, like <laughs> the soothing bomb. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like when we have that compassion for ourselves, we're, we, you're like, you're saying we're remothering ourselves. We're reconnecting with who we are and mm -hmm. Um, what could be more powerful than that? And how, like we, we search for happiness outside of ourselves and, and those little things that we do that like give us that little, you know, hit of dopamine or whatever it is, you know, they, they are very short lived. And so we're always consistently like looking outside of ourselves for the next thing, the next mm -hmm. thing, you know? Um, and so it's that, it's that turning inward and cause the answer is like, it's, it seems yeah. so, yeah. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So crazy, maybe even, you know, that, that what we've been looking for has been right within us all along. And it's just that reconnecting that we have to do that can be, um, yeah, it can, it's not always easy to do. And, you know, when we've yeah. been told that we need to be doing more looking outside of us and all these things. So it's this redirection. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from the work that you do, I know, I know this to be true, but what do you see in that when a woman begins to do that self-connection soul connection work what happens on the outside what happens with the relationships with her children let's say yeah and so that's I love that you asked that because it's 
it, our inner world really does reflect, you know, our outer world and our, um, the way we move through life. And yeah. So, it, I mean, as soon as they start, cause you know, self-care, soul care, it's, we're often pouring from this empty cup, right? We're trying to pour from this empty cup. Um, and that's that survival mode. And so once you start to put a drop of love or care or connection into your cup and you start filling it up, you, um, yeah, you, you definitely show up to more, you know, differently because you get out of that survival mode, which is this panic, this fight flight, you know, um, that we put ourselves in by not, by not acknowledging our needs, by not prioritizing ourselves. Um, and so when you start to do that, you, your, your nervous system calms down, you know, like you just overall, like your body has needs, you have, you know, um, needs on so many levels. And when you take care of them, then you're able to show up with more, um, yeah, just in this more connected, calm presence, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we can have that compassion for ourselves, then it's more likely that that's what we'll turn to when our child is in distress. Yeah. We can't give something we don't ourselves mm -hmm, have. mm -hmm. Right. So if you don't have compassion for yourself, like it's hard to give that. Mm -hmm, Definitely. How, um, how do you advise when someone comes to you and life is so busy, how to start to build in moments or is it, it, can it be in the smallest pockets of the day? Yes. yes. And that was so eye-opening to me. Just um, like one of the things, you know, practices that we have is placing your hand over your heart and breathe. And that's just, mm-hmm. it's just so it just acknowledges you, you know, as a human in your own life, in your own experience, like, what do I need right now? Um, so earlier today, I needed a little moment. My, my kids were eating lunch and then they were going to, we do, um, quiet time after lunch, we homeschool. So, um, I remember one of the things that, that I was like really nervous about going into homeschooling was like, well, I get a break in the day. That's a lot, you know, like to be with your kids all day and have everything else that you need to do. And, um, so what we ended up doing was we kept nap time, you know, as kids have a bunch of nap times as babies, and then it drops off to one. So nap time is still our time of the day. And we just call it quiet time. Um, but I, I usually go and play with each kiddo separately. Um, we call that special time, like just this connection time where they get to kind of lead and like, tell me about what's going on or snuggle or whatever it is they want to do. But I needed a moment before I did that. Like I could feel myself like just getting a little anxious. And so I literally just stepped outside. It's sunny day today. Um, I have my dog out there with me. Like we just, I just soaked in the sun and just that moment of being in nature and, taking a few deep breaths helped me so, so much, but yeah, if you, if you're feeling really overwhelmed and life is so busy, I like to think of it like, you know, um, you know, people say like, oh, my plate is full. So like, I like to think of it as life is this buffet, right? We we're so blessed with all of these amazing choices that we have in life. And so you, you have this plate and you get to decide what you put on it, you know, and you can start to pay attention Mm. to what you are putting on that plate. Like Mm. if, if you're spending, you know, 45 minutes on social media and afterwards you're feeling drained, is that something you want to be putting on your plate? Mm -hmm. Because we really do have the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and we fill it up. Like there's this analogy of, have you heard of the glass jar analogy? So like just becoming aware of what your values are. And so um, it's this, so you imagine this glass jar and it's, it's your life, right? This is, and you get to fill it and you have three different things to fill it with. There's rocks like river rocks. 
there's little tiny pebbles and then there's sand and the rocks are your values. They are the things that mean the most to you. Like if everything else went away, this is what's most important, right? And then there's the the pebbles, which are the things that we need to do. Like we need we need to function in this life, right? So what are my responsibilities? It's the things that I need to get done to make life go smoothly. And then there's the sand. It's just the filler. It's everything else. Um, and so often we are just, we're unintentionally living. So we start filling our life up with the sand and there's no room for um, the rocks, right? So we're going to start with the rocks. We want to start with what, what lights you up in this life? What is it that, you know, is the most important to you and start by filling your life with that. Yeah. I think it that's, I love the analogy and so, so, so important. I know that you probably have a lot of moms coming to you with younger kids. And I think, um, that beginning to have those conversations right there earlier mm-hmm. on in our life, because we're not really taught that we get to have a choice in that. And lots of times we're just going on like the unintentional default. And so I see women like 15 years down the line or so, and they're still in the pattern of not, they haven't yet figured out like how to kind of sift through all the sand that they've added that is there. It's not as necessary. And I can say that for myself for sure. So I love that you're tackling it when you are having the discussions because it's so important and um, just defining those values and those can shift over time, I would imagine too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an ongoing journey, you know? Yeah. What do you think about um, when you talk about those moments of like for yourself today, stepping out into the sunshine and needing um you needed some sort of replenishment, let's say at the moment, you needed like a moment for Catherine. There is just something to that, right? Where you're recognizing your own need. And so it's not just going and just basking in the sun. It could be, but then like, I know it's kind of what we talked about, whatever, 10 minutes ago, but just that idea of no, take time take time, that connection to yourself. It can be the hand on the heart. It can be just saying like, I see you checking in with you. How are you doing? It's all the things that we would do for another, but let's start doing them for ourselves. Let's make, let's make the experience for how we see ourselves really rich and dynamic and fun and playful and recognizing of the emotions and just, just all the things. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that you said that so beautifully, like self-care is this, it's becoming your own best friend, you know, it's listening and (laughs) I like, so, you know, sometimes we emotionally eat. And if you think about it, like we're, we're trying, like that's, it's it's like a numbing of our feelings or it's a distraction from what is going on under the surface. Right. And so it's kind of like, if you were at lunch with a friend and you just started to put food in her mouth, like she's trying to, she's having a hard day, you know? So we're doing that to ourselves. And so bringing in that, that, that love, that, that compassion piece for ourselves is so powerful. And like you're saying, these moments, they, every little moment matters. And that's what our day is built up. You know, it's moments. It doesn't have to be, you know, an hour and a half at the spa or whatever. Um, although that is so beautiful too, right? If you can get right. away with that, yeah. but it's the moments that fill up, you know, your day. And um, like, if you've ever had a leaking faucet and you put a cup under it and walked away and come back, those little drips that are going into that, that yeah. 
cup. They filled up that cup, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's the same for us. It seems like it doesn't matter. It seems like, you know, it's, um, just a waste of time, but really it's, it, it all adds up to filling up that cup so that you do have more to give. Yeah. Yeah. I have two things that are coming to mind. I know that I want to ask you today about for sure are the boundaries kind of idea, just like a beginning discussion of that. And then, um, this idea of scheduling over scheduling of kids today, and maybe even if we can touch on technology, but how do you think about boundaries? Boundaries is sometimes kind of like, it can feel like a strong word to me, but what's coming to mind is like, how do we, I don't know, how do we create the time for ourselves for this soul care, but also communicate our needs in the midst of our kids' needs? Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so boundaries has been, yeah, definitely something that has been a journey really opened my eyes. I used to feel like boundaries was in my mind. I had this picture of this like hard wall that you were making, you know, and really it's, it's this, everybody, you know, our kids, ourselves, we all have our own agency. We all have our own choices that we make in life. And it's this, we all have different perspectives and life experiences. And so really it's just this way of of like, like we're talking about values. Like it's just this way of allowing yourself to live from an aligned place from your values and live alongside these other people who, who have different values and who have different ideas of life. And, and that's okay. And this is just how we do it in a way that, that allows us to stay really aligned, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think that it, it does, parenting does test us depending on what we saw Um, but that there's, there's this possibility too, of reforming where we came from and possibly creating new patterns of connection and communication with our kids. Um, I'm thinking about the culture that we live in today that tells us also that more is more, more is better for our kids and how, it's so easy to get caught up in the doing of all the activities. And I don't know, how do you kind of talk about that? And is it individual to who comes to you and what they're seeking, but also giving permission that it's not all always necessary? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my kids, like, I think that's for me, that analogy of the plate again, because I, like we homeschool and it's so fun and we are so, so blessed to have so many different homeschooling groups. We have field trip opportunities. We have like all sorts of really fun things. And I, I get that FOMO, you know, and I get that like people pleasing comes in and I want to, you know, stay connected with this group and these moms and that thing. And, um, and I also know that that's, I don't, I don't show up in as my best self when I'm burned out, when I've said too much, you know, and when I've said yes to too many things and the same for my kids, like when we don't have time to, to slow down and to sit with each other and just snuggle and let them unpack their emotional backpacks, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's where, you know, that disconnection starts to happen and you might see the behaviors like whining, or at least that's what I see with my kids. Like if they're asking a lot of questions or if that whiny voice, like that higher pitch voice comes in, I know that 
it's not because they're trying to make life hard for me. It's because we haven't connected. They're feeling disconnected from me. Uh, so if yeah. I'm, yeah, if we're saying yes to too many things, I don't have as much time to reconnect with my, well, for my personality. Anyway, I, um, I crave that quiet time, that alone time to myself as a way to recharge. And everybody's different in that way, you know? Um, but yeah, so for them too, like if there's not enough space in our day for us to slow down and sit together, then it it makes everything else a lot harder, you know? So I try Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind, um, for both myself and for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they're giving you those clues that they're becoming dysregulated because of what they need. And sometimes they can't say what they need. Um, what you were saying before too, reminds me about how just for ourselves and our experience, this idea of being in our own consciousness and our own inner experience, like a place where all emotions are welcome. And so if we're angry, if we're sad, if we're frustrated, resentful, happy, joyful, you know, all the things that they can, that there's room for them to all have a space at the table. And I think it's such an important thing because we're supposed we're everyone has all those things within them. Mm-hmm. And then again, if we have that allowance and that care and compassion for those things within us, it's going to allow us, if we don't have, if we don't have the bandwidth to allow that within ourselves, we certainly won't allow it in somebody else. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that strikes me. And then just this idea, like I never used to know either that sitting and being quiet was actually what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I think it was so foreign to me. I always think about, I didn't say it on today's podcast, but my kids are 20 or 22, 20 and 18. So older, but when I was a younger mom, I was always running, like going to target, going to the grocery store, running, running, running. It felt like errands all the time. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I wanted to reform those patterns And there's a certain amount of that that's just part of your life when you have younger kids, but also it's so critical for our sanity and our, our calm and peace to, it really behooves us to create the quiet and the, and the not, and, and looking at those, like, you know, do I need to go to Costco or wherever it is today? Cause a lot of times the answer is no, or how can I consolidate that into one trip when I have my babysitter or my weekend time. So it's not as crazy as this hamster wheel that I definitely was on for a long time. Yeah. And that asking for help piece too, right? We feel like we have to do it all ourselves and, you know, maybe your husband works near the Costco, you know, and he can pick up the groceries on yeah. the, you know, so like yeah. what is it that you can outsource that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like letting mm-hmm. yourself lean on others and a lot of times people want to help us and, you know, we just have to be really clear about what it is that would help us. Um, And I love that you said about feelings, like for the longest time, like I didn't grow up knowing, you know, that it was okay to feel my feelings or had a really safe space to do that. So, um, you know, I, I didn't allow myself to feel a lot of them and they would get bigger and louder. And, um, and I, you know, as an adult have realized like, it's okay to have whatever type of feelings you have, right? Whether they're uncomfortable or like super like, you know, pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
well, one thing is the contrast, the contrast between the uncomfortable and the pleasant really helps us to know what we, you know, you you don't know what happiness is unless you felt something that's a little more uncomfortable. So um, leaning into that, that's part of our human experience. And then knowing that, you know, when you have that um, uncomfortable feeling, it's letting you know something is off for you and helping you to be like, okay, well, what's going on for me here. Right. And bringing yourself back into that place of connection with yourself and alignment with your, you know, the life that you want to live. And then if something, you know, is feeling like exciting to you, like following that intuitive nudge and seeing where that leads you, you know? Um, so, so beautiful. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. I like a lot of the conversation today because, um, I always feel like the more of these messages we can hear, it is changing. It's like a, what do they call it? Like a sea tide or a tidal shift where we're literally changing patterns that have been in place for a long, long time of women putting themselves to the side for everybody else and feeling depleted and worn out. And the work that you're doing is just creating new generations, which will benefit our kids. They're going to, and our grandchildren and everyone, and, and just exponentially outside of us. Um, I'm going to touch upon just that question. Cause I want to hear your thoughts on it, but around technology and just, it is part of our lives and even it's seemingly more of our kids' lives. And how do you from like a soul care perspective, like how do you view it and, and live with it? And yeah. Yeah. I I don't have, you know, really anything against it because it is like, that's something too, like resisting, you know, the, the present and resisting, you know, change and things like that make, make things a harder struggle for ourselves. Right. So finding a way to embrace what life is giving you and what the present moment has to offer in a way that feels good to you. And remembering that you can set that boundary and say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and just noticing too, like, how do you feel after you, after you spend a lot of time with technology, like, you know, and where can you, um, where can you give yourself breaks there? Because it can be a lot, right. It is this thing that really connects us. Like I can connect with people all over the world, like family, friends, everything. So it brings us together in that way. And then it also um, can be disconnecting because we could be sitting at dinner and looking at our phone or something. Right. So, mm-hmm. and the people that are with us are are not being connected with. So um, yeah. just bringing awareness to that. And like you were saying, like, if, if you, you know, and I do this too, like, I mean, I will go check my phone, make sure there's no messages or, you know, like running my business, all the things like, but being aware of if you're not able to let that set that down and Mm -hmm. be with yourself, like you were saying, creating that moment of stillness for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're having a hard time with that, like you notice you're always grabbing something um, or distracting yourself in some way, asking yourself, like, what, what, what is it that's uncomfortable for me? Like, you know, because it's really important for us to be able to be so with ourselves, even if you have the more extroverted outgoing personality, um, you know, they say, you know, prayer is asking the universe for something and meditation is creating the space, the silence for the answers to come through. Mm. And, um, and so if we don't allow ourselves, you know, that space to be with ourselves and let the answers and let our intuition and let um, yeah. you know, the wisdom come through. Um, yeah, we're, we're missing a really big piece there living. Yeah. Really uh, that's such a good point. And, um, um, I'm just thinking 
it's like this, we always think about our kids and technology, but really thinking about ourselves and technology is so important too. I was sending a text the other day as I was walking through the park near my house and looking down the whole time. And those are the moments I'm noticing that, you know, you gotta, we have to be so intentional Mm -hmm. about the way we're using it and putting it away. And it just, it never used to be part of our lives. And so there's so much to say there now. um, And I I know, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, we have a really unique, um, situation right as parents in this generation like we're really the first ones to have Mm -hmm. cell phones and things and so being really gentle with yourself as you figure that out you know with your your kids yeah yeah and that's such a good point because I think it's where this work is so valuable too because this work is bringing in all of these like really abundant um, ways of being like setting intentions living with compassion allowance of emotions and And for me, it always goes back to like the learning how to communicate on a very connected level, because that's not what I grew up with. But I love that all these things are part of your work. Um, You know, Catherine, as we finish up today, is there anything that you want to add for the listener today before you tell them where they can find your work? I want to say like... you. I I just absolutely love every time I get to chat with you and your work is so beautiful and soul nourishing. And yeah. So thank you for all that you do. Yeah, of course. And yeah, for anybody listening um, and if any of this is resonating with you, I think give yourself lots of grace, give yourself lots of kindness, you know, notice those little moments where you can um, just pause and connect with yourself and notice what you're telling yourself because you are so, so incredible. You're so, so amazing. You're so worthy. Um, And if your thoughts aren't lining up with that, like allow yourself to just press, you know, repeat on this episode and just listen again and again and know that you are, you're doing enough, you know, you are enough. Um, You're so loved and just lean into if, if you can't give that to yourself yet, lean into, to this and yeah, start there. So much appreciation and acknowledgement of where mothers find themselves and that um, there's just so much there for them, including their own inner voice, which can be just so loving and supportive. So yeah, thank you so much for doing the work you do. I know that um, listeners can find you at soulcaremom.com. That's correct. Yeah. And then Catherine, I saw that you have a book claiming your inner sparkle with um, companion journal as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So all those things can be found on your website and you have a community that you run. If anyone is interested in that as well, do you want to say something about that before we leave today? Oh, it's, it's such a beautiful space. Like the women in there are so supportive, so uplifting, so authentic and just it's yeah if you if you're feeling alone on the motherhood journey um yeah definitely join us in there it's soulcaremom.com forward slash village to get it beautiful beautiful yeah thank you so much for all the work you're doing and being here with us today uh for the listeners as always thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit maureenspielman.com or mysticalsisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.